Welcome everybody once again to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Lanton, is always joining me today. We have Keith Denny and Tim Malloy. Today we will be going in on a review and full spoilers for those who wish me dead. And this movie is pretty interesting. It's about a firefighter who is dealing with the trauma of um, loss after a, a fire gone wrong. And her, you know, played by Angelina Jolie, this firefighter. And basically, she's trying to save a young boy, kind of rectify the mistake she made um, after realizing he's in danger once his father has basically found secrets as an account that he shouldn't have found. He said he did the right thing, and now they're on the run. And so it's a really interesting premise. Uh, one normally you see a male take on like I almost feel like you know uh, they they probably slide at the rock end for this movie at first and they're like you know who also wants this role Angelina Jolie she wants it let's give it to her like there's honestly from a gender perspective uh, you could flip a lot of things and it works either way which is kind of cool about this movie um, but I don't know what, what did y'all think of it like oh and also look I forgot uh, part of the the villain is not just the people trying to kill the young boy but the fire the fire in nature as a villain was really interesting. But what did y'all think of the movie, though? Uh, for one, I don't think The Rock would work in place of Angelina Jolie because you would have to bring more than two guys for The Rock, I think. Touche. I don't know. Like like I was saying before we got on the call, it, just, it was one of those films that felt like extremely familiar to me. In a good way or a bad way? I don't really know in a um, mediocre type of way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I don't, it's one of those films that I would never say, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily like really good, nor would I say that it's bad at the same time. Mm. It's, um, it, it, but but at the same time, it has such a, what uh, I feel like an excellent cast, you know? So are you saying like the the cast kind of outperforms the script or like you know, what do you what do you think? Um, in certain levels, the cast do. You know what I'm saying, and then in certain other parts, they kind of fall short because I've seen them in other stuff where they were like a lot better. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, I do kind of I like the overall premise though. Um, yeah. Yeah. Of mixing her, you know, being a firefighter um, and trying to protect this boy from these people who are trying to kill him. I also really, really like the title. That's like one of the dopest titles of the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, is that is that talk, I guess yeah, that's about the boy. I guess that would be from his those perspective. Who want, yeah, those who want me dead. And I don't know. It, one other thing I could say that I do appreciate about the film, I appreciate how it gets to the point pretty quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, there's certain parts of it where I wish it took its time. There's yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I think I don't, it's I don't really things. know where. Oh, I I, I know where. <laughs> what, what would you What would you say? Because I've been trying to figure that out the whole time. Like, well, what well, is it? Let's come back to that detail because I, I think there's an interesting conversation there. But uh, Tim, what are you, overall thoughts? Like, what did you think of, of the of the movie? I know there's kind of a mixed reaction to this movie. Like, it has about a sixty on Rotten Tomatoes, and I've read some reviews that just seem like Angelina Jolie 
killed their parents or something because they're so angry at the movie. Um, and I agree, it makes a weird first impression because first there's this firefighter thing and then there's this murder for hire plot in Florida and then the two merge and you're not really sure how they're gonna merge or what they have to do with each other. But once they merge, I thought this was a crackling, really good movie. Mm-hmm. And I dug it. I think the director, Taylor Sheridan, has done some amazing stuff. He wrote Hell, uh, Hell or High Water, which is a movie that I loved. Um, that movie yeah. is amazing. I love that movie. And yeah. I think it's really good at like kind of blue collar, um, real America, America. And mm-hmm. it's an area that it's a land that he kind of has to himself. Like maybe him and um, Mark Wahlberg are, <laughs> and Peter Berg are the only ones who like sort of cover that. Um, also, also uh, Mara Easttown is doing pretty well on that and the creators of Mara Easttown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really cool and really effective and took some major big swings. And it was cool to see a movie that is this big and just has fires and lightning and, you know, acres and acres and miles and miles of trees and nature and racing rivers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no pre-existing franchise or anything connected to it. I just thought that was neat. I agree with you guys. Yeah. The actors were really good. Uh, it has some of my favorite actors like Aiden Gillen, I think is an absolute killer. Yeah. Little finger. Literally. Yeah. And literally plays a killer. Oh my goodness. Why did not not, how did that not just uh, immediately occur to me? I'm like, I like this actor. What's he been in? He's in Dark Knight Rises. And then uh, I couldn't believe yeah. Nicholas Holt was in such a small, what I thought was a small role. And mm-hmm. then John Bernthal is always good. Always. Um, and Finn Little, the child, is incredible. Angelina Jolie is very good in it. And uh, I thought Tyler Perry in his evil role was the best Tyler Perry acting ever. Oh, and look, let me let me not mess up her name. I hope I'm saying it correctly. Uh, Medina Singhor. Singhor, yeah, she was very good too. Yeah. I didn't know who she was. She was really good. Yeah, yeah. Was she, that she was um, John Bernthal's wife's? Yeah, pregnant woman who went to survival yeah. school. She was she was probably the best thing in the film. Yeah. Like she was she was what I thought Angelina Jolie was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. But, but but it was it was it was a real good surprise that you know let me let me okay quick question how did they know she was a survivalist what tipped that out uh there, there was something well i think they assumed it because of uh, the fact that they saw so okay john bernthal's character is ethan ethan's picture was up on i remember that's how they thought to go to that town uh-huh uh, but then also you know, I'm sure they would have looked up some stuff about him, and they did know that was his wife. Yeah, one because of the- it, I think they made an assumption. Yeah, but I, I, that was a weird assumption because I was sitting there like, how? What? What? The- because because he said he said, "Are you a survivalist?" It's not he he asked the question rather than just going, you know. Yeah, but I'm saying, what made him ask the question? That's why I was confused. Well, because they're the survival. So if you look at that picture, it has survivalist camp on it. Right? Oh, got you. I didn't. That's why yeah. I was trying to figure out. Oh, so one thing that I'm I'm glad Tim brought up Hell and High Water because it was kind of a movie that I saw like by accident. Yeah. And I thought it was like a real, it's a real good example of what I consider like a modern day kind of Western film. Yeah. But what I think works very well in Hell and High Water is this feeling of this, this that, that cat and mouse chase type thing. And I thought I have, we have a little bit of this in um this film. But it just the the stakes for me didn't feel as high as I thought they would. 
also the motivations for the antagonists Dude, weren't that strong. When they kill the lady who pulls up in her car to just see if anything's wrong. Right. I was like, how much would you have to get killed? How much would you have to get paid as a hired killer to just kill random ass people? Well, and 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 also and just, a child. like they were like, yeah, and a child, and they were like super, super ruthless. And I didn't and not to say that there's not people that's like this. I'm just saying in a film. <laughs> right. Well, okay, but but to, so to here's, here's here's part of the what, problem that I have with this movie though. And because I this is a deliberate choice, and I don't agree with the choice because it means you have to make you, you just have to like let stuff rock, which is not the biggest deal, except like you know, they kind of they just going ham on like police and like I said, random people and children and you know, whatever, right? Um, they seem to be potentially because okay, so the father is a, a forensic accountant, the father who. Yeah comes across the information yeah so so in the sense just real quick in case yeah that you know we just kind of say that so forensic account would basically be somebody who is looking at stuff like aml so um anti-money laundering or just so you know it could be campaign fraud it'd be a number of things right but a forensic account is the person who would be like hey it looks like something's funny with the money where did this come from uh so on and so forth and Essentially, he reported something. So the person whose house blow that blows up at the beginning, that's the local DA. Mm-hmm. And that person had round the clock protection for some reason. So like the movie alludes to all these things. They just don't give you answers to nothing because it seems like the people who are the higher guns in this case could potentially be government. Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's congressmen and governors. Yeah, because they keep if you notice, even when they get off the uh, tarmac in Montana, they have people with military gear on. Now, again, they could just have bought that off Amazon. I don't know. You I know, mean, because the dad says it'll bring down governors and governors and congressmen. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, the stakes, it's weird. The stakes are low, but the stakes are high. And the stakes feel lower than they should because we just have no clue what's at stake. Man, they, I don't know, man. They, we don't have no clue what's at stake. The, the guys, I mean, they, they killing people, but they also kind of low-key slow. And I think they are very works. slow. I think it works like 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 back to why the point I was making about hell and high water was that there's a certain element. I don't know, Tim, if you agree with me, where it's like you don't really know who to root for. Mm-hmm. And and I think that works well because these people are like they're people. They're like regular people, you know, for the most part. Except for on one side you got the police, on the other side you got the the brothers that's bank robbers, right? In that film, right? Yeah. But you see them as people for the most part. Yeah. See, the thing about the antagonists in here, they so they so flat that the only way that they work is if they come off to be almost like a force of nature. Yeah, Otherwise, so, so, so just I have to, to understand what your motivation is. Like, it almost had to be like no country for old men. I was about to say that, like no country for my old man. Perfect, because he's like a force of nature. I ain't got to know why he killing people. I'm scared of him. Every time he, you know, every time we see him, we like, this is a threat. And he may, he probably can't even be stopped. Or like um, so, season so, one so, of Fargo, Billy, Billy Bob Thornton is a force of nature. Oh, so like, like you know, I guess the question would be, why do we need two assassins? Like part of that's a little confusing to me because 
I just think it works narratively a little bit better if there's just like you say, like a force of nature we can't really get across. The, one of the issues with the movie is that they, to some degree, if a plan doesn't just go right, they just come off a little incompetent. Mm-hmm. You know, like they don't know how to track people even in the forest. They need uh, Ethan, so John Bernthal's character to be alive to track. You know, it's just like all oh, this kind oh. of stuff. They're they're very good at city slicker stuff, right? I yeah, mean, but they're terrible. Yeah, know, but that, that makes it interesting because they're up against these people who are not hired killers and are pretty much nice people. Um, but I feel like the movie there. doesn't emphasize it. Like, it's all implied, and the movie doesn't emphasize that element of it enough. Like, th- them... It, it, because it's like, for example... Um, Oh, God. oh, the character's name that is okay, Allison. So Allison is the the wife of Ethan. So Jen, uh, John Bernthal's character, yeah. And she's six months pregnant, which is like all this stuff's real dope. Um, that she's able to do all the stuff she can do. But it's almost like they, I feel like they get caught off guard if they're just not like just sitting still and a plan's just happening. Like if they gotta do any sort of improv, like on the fly, ad hoc stuff, it's just not gonna go well. Like yeah. they would come to three stooges, well the two stooges. Or or yeah, they was kind of reminding me of the um what what what's the bandits on um home alone? What they called again? <laughs> oh, I can't think of the oh, days right yeah. now. I know you're talking about. Yeah, but but um I think that works if we understand why they like kind of like more of their motivation. Maybe maybe um Tyler Perry's character could be a little bit more threatening um to them which puts like fire underneath their ass and make them have to do what they need to yeah, do. Yeah, but then if you, if you got to talk to them again, it truly does become like the two stooges. Right. I mean, it's, it's, well, I just felt like it should have been something with them that made it, you know, work. But other than that... I, I, mean, I feel bad that I have to defend the horrible, horrible hitmen, um, <laughs> Aiden Gillen and Nicholas Holt. But first you got casting on their side because Aiden Gillen is... You know, he's the mayor and the governor in The Wire. He's Littlefinger. We know he's diabolical. You kind of bring your past roles to this role. He's the guy who fucked with Bane at the beginning of Dark Knight Rises. Nicholas Holt almost played Batman. If Robert Pattinson hadn't gotten the role, it would have been Nicholas Holt, uh, according hmm. to lots of reports. I think he'd be a great Batman also. Um, so you got like all of the weight of who they are and there's like star power and like what you've seen them do in other movies. And then you got they kill a woman and a baby in the first scene. So, you know, they're totally ruthless by mm-hmm. blowing up their house. Then they're able to track this family. Then they pull off that pretty impressive thing where they shoot the passing cars um, and blow the dad and the son off the road. I mean, I think they're actually very good assassins. And I like the idea of assassins who will stop at absolutely nothing. I agree. I did want a reason for them to be that ruthless, but I think the movie's kind of built in logic is, they're never going to tell you what exactly is in that little document um, or what exactly the information is. You have to just use your imagination to figure it is something so powerful that they will kill all these innocent people to keep it from getting out. I got to admit, though, um, see, part of all right, it, it, it's it's a basic thing, but. OK. The evidence he's supposed to have, right? Of what happened, it's his father's sheet of paper. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's that sheet of paper? Um, well, the kid memorized it. 
The other thing see, I you see what I mean? <laughs> like, well, the this movie has a lot of faith in the competence of the local news. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't, I don't have news, a huge problem with it, but it felt like it was written in the eighties, though, when they did it that way. If you brought the local news, a thing of like, there's been widespread money laundering, and I mean, even if you brought like, here's everything QAnon has alleged is true. Um, I got it all laid out on this piece of paper. The local news would fuck it up. Yeah. So, well, I would like call the local CNN bureau. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I, honestly, in, in this day and age, I don't know who I'd go to. It, it had to be somebody I personally felt like I trusted with the story who can handle it. I wouldn't just be like, give me random person from reputable news source. I'm like, I need to talk to this person. You know, but I, I, it's, what I guess more what I'm thinking of is the better choice, I think, would have been something like he remembers a password to some file or some shit. Something that's important other than here's a sheet of paper that is probably fine after being you know, either on fire or, you know, having soaked in, in the water under fire for however long. It's just like... But that's a MacGuffin. Like that's It is, but fun. it's just like, it's so easy to get around that because we already don't even know what's on the document. It's not that big a deal. Just like, well, make it something where his life is, in, is inexpendable. Like, you cannot <laughs> kill this kid because X. Or like, you need him specifically to tell you a thing or X. But instead, it's like, sheet of paper that's probably ruined and you hope the news will believe him anyway. Like, okay, I, it's okay. like, if this movie goes another 10 minutes, it's like, yeah, they did all that. And then the world never knew what happened anyway. I actually think they did the right thing, not saying what was on the piece of paper, because if you look at Pulp Fiction and the briefcase, incredibly effective. We have no idea what's in that briefcase. Maybe it's the soul. We don't know. We saw Highlander over the weekend. Everybody seen Highlander? The, yeah. the original? The 86 or 87 movie? Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. All right. That movie is pretty rad. But mm-hmm. the end, when you find out what they've been fighting for, you're like, that's lame. <laughs> the big thing that they've been, that's it. This is the reward. That kind of, I wouldn't want that reward. That sucks. So it's like, sometimes if you like build it up, it's like, this is what the whole movie has been about. And they're like, it's about money laundering at the highest levels you're like uh that's not that good um yeah, i think yeah, um another thing <laughs> i think what you what do they call that device a mcguffin yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah, a mcguffin uh-huh. so i think that works especially like with pulp fiction but part of why it works in pulp fiction is because the characters are very interesting yeah and like the overall story arc like they could they could literally be doing shit and in most cases in film, they kind of not certain, at certain points, right? But they're just interesting. Their conversations are interesting. All this stuff. This, you know, this movie is a little different in that aspect. You know? So I will say at least, I, there are character arcs here that I do like uh, quite a bit. Like I actually thought, I gotta say, I was, I was surprised. Like I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, man, no one's gonna die. This is weird. And then they finally let John Bernthal's character down. I was like, "Oh, oh, damn, okay." I mean, that I mean, that logically makes sense. Um, but you know, I was like, "Dang, I kind of wanted him." It's like since we went through all that, I kind of wanted him to live. I, I really did kind of like the chemistry he had, um, you know, with with Medina. I, I thought they really worked well together. Um, I I just. 
it, it felt like it made sense. It, it I, I really like where that went. Um, man, also, uh, Finn Little, uh, you know, is the young boy. I mean, I thought he did an amazing job, and I actually really did like his character arc. I, and I just thought he performed really well. Um, I've seen a lot of, like, as you said, Keith, we've seen movies like this plenty before, but I feel like this is one of the more effective child actors we've seen uh put in this kind of situation to play alongside a star like this angelina jolie i thought he did a great sometimes child actors suck man oh yeah sometimes they suck but this was not one of those situations i I was really impressed with how he handled it though yeah Yeah. i don't i don't want to praise a child actor too much because i don't want to mess him up in the coming years (laughs) but uh he's a he's a good actor he's yeah yeah, he is he is also, I thought it, uh, the the guy playing his dad, uh, I thought he was really good too. Like the paranoia he showed when they showed up to the I school. Seen him in something else, man. I'm trying to figure out why. Yeah, I, seen I can't remember. Guy. But he he was he was good though. He was like I, I really bought it. Meet Joe Black. He was in Joe Black. Dawn of the Dead, and he was in Meet Joe Black. Really? Oh, yeah. that's why I'm saying to Meet Joe Black. Yeah, I know. Damn, that's weird. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I I liked it though. I, I thought I thought it would work well though. You know the. Uh, Overall, the action though I thought was was pretty good. Um, I mean, my favorite action sequence is definitely uh, when Allison was giving him that work in the, in the cabin. He was like, "You're pointing it the wrong way." She's like, "No, I'm not." Spray shot that man's face. That was so <laughs> funny. She was booking it. But I, I will say this movie it did that thing though. They had me laughing with like all the main characters have like superhuman stamina. So like. Uh, Basically, Allison can ride a horse at, at six months pregnancy. Angelina Jolie, how many times did she fall and cut herself? And all that? I was like, dang. And I then, think uh, struck by lightning. I'm not totally clear, but I think she <laughs> made it out okay. From I mean, I didn't know if she was doing a thing of like, it didn't touch me. I, I just got lucky. It struck right next to me. He's like, no, you for real got hit by lightning, though. Her veins were real messed up at one point, which... Oh, yeah, that's right. Struck by lightning. So, uh, but it did, it followed the good screenwriting role of, like, beat the shit out of your characters. Like... Yeah, yeah. That. I mean, basically, uh, she became Laura Croft in this movie. Yeah, I was thinking, I don't know why it made me think about Tomb Raider so bad. And because I she all, it's in, she in, did in Tomb Raider uh, games and movies, she steady getting beat up. Well, in the newer games. Yeah, in the newer and, games. And that, that go back to another point. I, I don't know how to say this without it sounding kind of fucked up, but I'm going to just say it. So just like what we said about Tomb Raider, right? Like mm-hmm. in the previous in the installments of Tomb Raider, she's like superhuman and shit. Mm-hmm. And then in the newer ones, you know, you see her as being a little bit more realistic, a little bit more fragile, you know, yeah. like she can't just take on a whole slew full of men by herself. Right. And I, I, I appreciate that in the film where you have, I don't see how I could say this. A, a, power rankings, basically. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, like you, you have a, a female protagonist, right? Yeah. And it's not realistic that especially if she doesn't have any combat training for her to just be straight whooping the guys a, a grown man ass that has like full-fledged combat training well yeah and, like male directors will think they're being feminist by having like a waitress beat the shit out of a ninja or something it could happen it could happen well, but it's just it's just like a, a cinematic shorthand of saying she's a tough character even if it's not mm something that could actually happen in the real world. But, 
you know. Let me put it this way. If you had two men UFC men. fighters, right? Yeah. One is a male and one is a female. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, and it's this is, you know, the guy is going to have an advantage. This is not to say that the woman can't beat his ass or that she can't beat him in a fight. Totally. It's just saying that I feel like there should be more of a struggle in the fight. The same way is that I might, if if me and a guy, if I fight a guy that's six to um, 250 pounds at, at my size, and we know the same thing as far as like fighting wise and stuff, he's he going to have an advantage over Four him. and 130 pounds for everyone listening. He sound five. <laughs> <laughs> Man, not. You're saying if you're fighting a guy who's a little bit bigger than you. Yeah, and that's the same thing I think with, like, you know, female protagonists and stuff. I think it adds a certain amount of realism when you see them struggle more in a fight than they just start, like... I I felt the same way when I saw... um, What was that film? Um, Atomic Blonde, right? Yeah. She was badass, but she got them hands put on her a few times. Yeah, It's it's honestly one of the reasons a female protagonist is more interesting because she has another built-in disadvantage, which is she's physically smaller than most of the guys she's fighting. Right. Every woman is physically smaller than every man or whatever, but generally speaking, you know, Charlize Theron is smaller than the guy she's fighting in a time one. Right. Mm -hmm. But when they, I think the the key to make it work well is that you have them, when they they really fuck them up, they really fuck them up. Yeah. You know? Because they have to use a little bit different means in combat, you know, like you can't just go punch for punch with a grown man. You might have to, you know, stab him him. in the nuts or something. (laughs) I like the I like the axe fight because right you you really don't know who's going to win that fight. Like he's way bigger, he has Mm -hmm. a gun, he has this child he's threatening to kill, and she's been struck by lightning and has an axe. Right. Who's going to win? Probably not her, but it's a good suspenseful fight. That was a mm-hmm. good fight. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that's what I like about it. That was it, they, it. I'm glad they didn't just go the route where she's like this total badass. Because even even with the um, was the Allison character right? She was a badass, but there was certain element parts where I'm like, oh, they about to kill this lady. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know. I- I was like, are they going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, but they do a good job of making you think they might. Yeah, I'm fine. If they had done it, I would have been like, that's a bold choice. And I hope her, the husband finds this guy. But I hate when they do that. But my wife is pregnant. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so. my whole take on my whole take on a cinematic child endangerment and stuff has changed in recent years oh yeah of course of course <laughs> yeah, it's like why is that child there damn it well, I, I, I always feel like it's the same reason why games like grand theft auto don't have children walking around and... yeah well we were talking wow. about we were talking about talking about <laughs> without remorse with michael b jordan and uh did anybody watch it no nah. no i haven't I'll just say, like, you have to do something. There has to be an instigating incident at the start of the movie to kick off why all this happens. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to say, this movie way overdoes it. Like, without remorse doesn't make you hate the bad guys. It makes you hate the movie. Well, my understanding is it's basically like The Punisher. Yes, it's like The Punisher. Shout out to John Bernthal. Yeah, <laughs> it just so happens. Best Punisher ever. Yeah, yeah. So wait a minute. So 
without remorse is just like bad Punisher. Uh, Punisher is bad Punisher. So, <laughs> like, I mean, the, the not, series not is good. Let, let me rephrase that: the series Punisher is good, but the the cinematic installments weren't. Oh, they, those are no, no those are some classic cult <laughs> bad films, man. Man, real corny. I, I get that someone close to the protagonist has to die at the beginning of the movie, but they way overdid it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What is that trope that they that they use where like you you kill where a woman is killed to spirit a protagonist into action? No, nah, well, is that the refrigerator thing? The refrigerator thing, yeah. Yeah, uh woman in the refrigerator. Woman in the refrigerator. That uh, is the most played out trope. But yeah, I mean well, I well, guess what what better way to motivate a man than have his loved one get murdered? Well, it's funny because like in these movies, there's no there's no mourning. There's no guy who's like, I'm fucking shattered. My life is destroyed. I can't do anything. He's always like, the next day, I'm gonna fucking kill all these guys. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's been a movie that hasn't done it that way. Um, if they yeah, probably not on the top of my head. I had to really think about that, but um, unless it's like the old man who gave up because the other people were too powerful and he can no longer fight, but the young person who has an opportunity to take revenge can do it on everyone's behalf to save everyone's dignity or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna watch without remorse. I'm just very curious because I I do want to support Michael B. Jordan projects, but um, yeah, we'll see. I, I will give a a ten second review next next episode <laughs> see see if i'm like oh my god this is terrible just like he said at the start it definitely <laughs> has good things about it it definitely has good things about it but whoo yeah hey man when you a parent them kind of things hit different <laughs> <laughs> like, they just do i think when michael b jordan as a kid he go back and look at the movie like damn wow <laughs> wow we that was a decision shit yeah because like when it's like when it's a child on paper, you're like, oh, yeah, just like throwing a child. We need an instigating incident. Throw a child in there. Let's do it. But then, like, when you have a child, you're just, oh, no, you can't. No, if a, if a child fell that way, that would really hurt them. And you'd have to go to the doctor's office. And it's just, yeah, like also every movie becomes way more effective because things that seem super hacky before where you're like, oh, really? They're doing this. You're like, I'm in. Yeah. Um, or or you get that thing was like um, oh hey, just like we talk about the father where like you like before you get a little old it's like ah whatever and then you see them like <laughs> thinking like that's our relationship now oh my god I totally Man, so yeah. I one thing I did want to ask you guys about with the movie too that I was thinking you know of is kind of the the way it's shot like the landscape shots they do. Um, I'm always real curious about like how they do those shots. I mean, a, a lot of these things done through drones now. Or, like, I kind of was curious about that and the the CGI for the fire. Like, did that look good to y'all? The the what they were using. I thought this movie looked beautiful. Um, I don't know. It's it's a landscape that you don't see that often in movies. It's supposed to be Montana. It's actually New Mexico. Props to New Mexico because Wait, wow. that, the forest is in New Mexico. Yeah, um, I think it's what Western New Mexico. Really? Huh. Um, is really. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What is what state does New Mexico border? Arizona. 
Oh, Arizona has forest? That's weird. Yeah, like the Coconino National Forest in Arizona. Um, yeah, I used to See, live I just there. need to go out west more, that's all. Yeah, they sent me to, I think it's called the White Mountains, and it's very, very green. Arizona has beautiful forests. It's crazy. You don't think it's going to, but that's more northern Arizona. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't think it would. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I just think straight dry. And then uh, in Breaking Bad, when they went, when Walt goes and lives in New Hampshire, that's New Mexico. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the duh. Why don't we consider that? Of, uh, the Loki podcast brought to you by the New Mexico Film Commission. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you have a, a place ready for some films, man, we would make a got y'all cover, baby. <laughs> When I saw the, the uh, Mississippi interview, I was like, oh, shoot, man. He he really giving everybody some representation, shoot. Mississippi's beautiful. I mean, it is. It is. You, you know, they got to let you eat, sit down in their restaurant and eat. But, you know, what's, what's the deal with that? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm just joking. Mississippi. I'm just saying, it's some cool people in Mississippi. Nah, nah, Mississippi North, North Mississippi, cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just got to know where to be, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I. But you know what's funny? Like when uh, you know, John Berthold character. Um, there's there's like different things he was saying that had me laughing. Talking about like Montana stuff. When like when the assassins were like, they go up to the town and like, you know, you, you think she has a weapon up there? It's like I don't know. I mean, a park ranger in the middle of Montana. I don't know. I mean, seems likely they'd have a weapon <laughs> on. <them. laughs> like the like, fuck. Hey, you know what's funny about him? Like I just was waiting for him to do his thing. Like where he just kind of like goes off. He did, like, but he did once. They they let him, you know, he always got to do it at least once a movie. Yeah, he did. He got to do it at least once. And that, every time I see that, I think that shit is so fucking hilarious. It's like that's his that's his thing, right? Because yeah. I remember I remember when I first saw him in The Walking Dead, I was like, man, this mug is going off. <laughs> <laughs> he was so good, though. <laughs> but. Like it's like he's probably got like in his contract. All right, I gotta have one scene at least where I just like go berserk, man. And that's what I do, you know. Just start throwing out nonsense. <laughs> he's like, kill me. <laughs> said, that's what you gonna do, right? I ain't gonna lie. Kind of respond the same way. Like, man, I ain't gonna rat out everybody just so you can, man, knock me out. Nah, dog. No, he said. He said, he said, he said, because if you let me live. I'm telling everybody, and I'm, I'm hunting you down. <laughs> man, I don't know why that was so funny to me, man. He always be threatening. The thing that be funniest about his character is, like, they always threaten people when, like, they don't have leverage. Right. <laughs> like, like, I don't know, man. Maybe you should listen to the guy this time. This <laughs> always be so funny. Like, I always I think mean, that's funny in films where, like, that, that didn't happen in this, but, like, where a guy is, like, threatening to kill somebody and the person got a gun to their head. Yeah. And they talk well, I mean, about how bad though. they gonna kill them <laughs> like later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, 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 he like, said, if you let me live, house. I'm gonna find you. I'm, I'm gonna find Don't you let me go. You're not gonna expect it. You'll be fast asleep. I'm gonna sleep <laughs> in your bed. I'm gonna drag you to a sand dune. I'm gonna <laughs> you up your neck. And they're like, I have a gun on you right now. Man, that stuff mm. is hilarious. Like, I, I love it every time. And, and you know what? I knew they was going to... Okay, this is another thing. There was a lot of predictable stuff. It was stuff that I knew characters were going to say. It. I just didn't know when they were going to say it. Mm-hmm. I knew at one point somebody was going to say that Angelina Jolie's character. 
you gonna die over this kid. Yeah. Is he yeah. worth it? You yeah, because they got away. Be. Like that happens in literally every film where somebody's protecting a stranger. Yeah. They say that in pretty much every movie. Like they're like, I can, I can we and the thing is they always say it like after they've already gotten to the point of like almost killing a person two or three times. Yeah. Like like suddenly they're gonna listen to reason. Like they always do the thing was like, if you just walk away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like you, Come on, dog. We I like we are too far down the road now. You know, you know, you know what you don't see too much of is like when the person is like ruining their plans and they like, who the fuck is this person type of deal? Yeah. It's like it's more like that type of thing. Oh, you gonna die over this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I was I don't know why they made me think of Die Hard for some reason. Cause it's like he like a random thing that they didn't account for in Die Hard or whatever. They just <laughs> pretty much like, who the fuck is this guy? That shit was it's so not like one of those questions where it's like, are you gonna die to protect this child? And it's like, well, yeah, it's a totally innocent child. That's that's not right. the worst thing to die over. Like that's that's reasonable. And then she, probably, I'm surprised she didn't say something like, "It's the job," like she did at the beginning. <laughs> you like, know, they, they, you know, she said uh, something like, "Well, you know." You didn't have to go out there to die. And then with, I mean, this ain't exact a verbatim quote, but then she's like, it's the job. You know, because it's like they weren't gonna make it. They weren't gonna make it anyway. It's like, but it's the job. It's what you do. I also respect that this movie is about smoke jumpers and has very little smoke jumping. Yeah, I was a little confused about that. Um I I was like, well, I'm glad the scenes are in there. They're cool. Can y'all explain what smoke jumping is. Yes, I can, because in high school, I was in a band with a dude named Gabe Cortez. Shout out to Gabe Cortez. And he was just like a regular guy. He was a super cool, nice guy. And then like 15 years go by and I'm on Facebook and Gabe Cortez has moved to either Wyoming or Montana to become a fucking smoke jumper, which is a person who jumps out of a plane into a fire to fight the fire. These are the bravest people in the continental United States, at least. I mean, I don't know what's oh. better than that. They. Oh yeah, she did that once. They take themselves, <laughs> yeah, into the most dangerous situation to fight fires. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Angelina Jolie. Um, Shout out movie, to Gabe. <laughs> but the movie doesn't have that much, uh, that much smoke jumping for what it is. Oh, that's why I didn't really know know what it was. I guess I I saw it once and forgot about it. I think it's yeah. just to show these people are not normal people. They are really brave. It mm-hmm. isn't like we just picked like a random lady in Montana. She's like one of the toughest people on earth. Right. And she gets struck by lightning. Well, and she going. too is human, you know, even yeah. with all that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I really did. I feel like it was it, at some point, like I thought they could have found some other ways for it to hit, but I did buy her remorse and her regret and her just overall just state of mind. I mean, you know, that that's what she was for. And to not be able to to, you know, really and, and then to be scapegoated, you know, as being the person whose fault it was for reading the win incorrectly, you know. Um, you know, she just had a huge burden she was holding, you know. Right. Um, and that happens even to like the bravest people who are, who are very competent, you know, that, you know, it's always got to be a scapegoat for some, you know, uh, this, movie's, 
I guess this was weird. Like this movie is somehow it puts all of its stakes in like this bureaucratic like jumble, and it, it just feels like some of the the mo- not momentum, but just like the weight of what's happening sometimes is hidden in a way that I don't think necessarily always helps the film. I think it can elevate it in this case a little bit more. You know, because like Keith, you spoke about like, well, you know, what were some parts you want to slow it down? You know, I think some of it is just like, you know, occasionally context around why things happen can matter. It's not that you need like some long drawn out, uh, you know, soliloquy on something, but I understood the stakes, but a lot of them were implied. And some of the things that actually I feel like were higher stakes that could have elevated the moment um, felt a little missing. You know, like I kind of didn't understand. I mean, I, I understood why he dude kept bringing up a two person job, but it's like, if you're not going to actually bring a two team, yeah. you know, like, or, or like the more competent killers on board to do something, I kind of didn't know like why that kept coming up. Yeah, that's why I thought that's interesting you said that because I literally thought the same thing. He was gonna be like, "Oh well, we gonna bring in, I don't know, Butch and them." Yeah, because like y'all <laughs> messing up. In fact, y'all messing up so bad, y'all on the hook too. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. I was just—I don't know. Like I think there were a few things it could have done to just elevate it just a little bit more to like something beyond what, like you said, beyond what we feel like we've seen, you know, in other movies. But well, I think it's a like for a one-time watch. Like you just like it's entertaining. It does you know, seem like an easy job, though, right? Like, you just have to kill one guy who has... not a, trained in anything. Not trained in anything. And then things just kind of spiral out of control. <clears throat> like, I I can see how you, as two trained killers who have all these skills at your disposal, I can see how you would think you could pull that off. Yeah. And maybe, you know... You know how many in people fact- Perry is helping right now? He does not have the resources to send two teams... See that, but that's the part of the reason it's a little goofy. They messed up. Okay, whatever. Just spend your extra little half a million, whatever you got to do. Express the baddest motherfuckers out there, and just get another squad out there, just to be sure if it's that important. Like, like, dude, say, like, what? Now we gonna skimp some money off the top, trying to save some money? You know, for something this important, we got to kill. You know, freaking. You know, ads and then hope nobody else had the evidence on this, that, and the other. Like, just yeah. send the money, just make it, it happen. They could have said like the other kill team is in um, Saudi Arabia; they'll be here in the morning. Like, just to like speed up the clock. That's true. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's like tiny, tiny things that just you know when you put it together, they they make less sense because it just felt like for the for the killers the moment's so urgent, right? That they just have to like, make sure that this is done correctly. On the other end, it's like, okay, if it's that urgent, then just get the resources together, figure it out later. Like you said, it's a zero sum game, then act like it's a zero sum game and get another squad out there. Fair. So, I mean, it's just the way some of the things are set up that if you just tweak them a little bit, they just, they tighten it more and more and just, make it feel like the stakes like this like like maybe they've run out of people you know like this is their last shot i don't know like all kind of things you could do 
Oh. The montage of them killing all kinds of other fathers and sons all over America. <laughs> I mean, that's a story for another day. That's the sequel. <laughs> Those who also wish us dead. Those who killed us on the way to the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, look, if y'all made it this far, um, you obviously enjoyed the podcast. We appreciate y'all making it out here. Um, we do this thing every Thursday and Keith, if you could, um, kind of make sure people know where to find us on the social. And uh, of course I was leave a five star review after you get through listening and share with a friend. Yeah. You can follow us on the, the Facebook and also Instagram at the low key pod. Also check out Tim's podcast, the movie maker podcast, Ooh. and, um, also the industry podcast. Dan Delgado. And who do y'all have on Movie Maker this week? The latest episode is with Craig Zobel, who is the director of every episode of Mayor of Easttown, which if people aren't watching is real good. So, you know, you have been touting this show for a minute. And then whatever happened last week, my timeline blew the hell up. I was like, what is happening? It was really good. Yeah. So, you know people i know are like you gotta check this out you gotta check this out so um i might make i might make that happen soon because it, it just looks like it's, it's gonna be something where it's can't miss that's what people are acting like right now so i'm, I'm curious yeah yeah and hey your wife loved this movie right she loved this movie she she was like you gotta see this movie you gotta see this movie it was before like we had talked about uh watching it so um, it wasn't influenced by that. She really loved this movie a lot. I actually hadn't talked to her about it yet because, um, I mean, you know, work week and we've all been doing stuff with the kids. But, I mean, she made sure to let me know I should watch Those Who Wish Me Dead. So Sarah Lanton has very good taste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah, does. She does. <laughs> she's very choosy. So, um, you know, it resonated. I, I'm sure she can't wait to talk to me about watching a, a black uh, six-month-old well, month old, well, six month pregnant woman light up some assassins. I, I'm sure that really got her excited. Right. <laughs> All right, man. We we'll catch y'all on the next one, and uh, hopefully, we'll have something else tasty. <laughs> tasty. All right, peace. <laughs> All right, see you.